What's up, folks? This is Sophia Spiegel from Dilly Dally Alley, and you are listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode number 24 of the Minnesota Music Shakedown, a podcast dedicated to spinning some of the best original Twin Cities and beyond area music. Featured this week are conversations with Sophia Spiegel from Dilly Dally Alley about their new album, Make You Whole, and Scott Zolsel about his new album, Saturday's Child, plus music by Fathom Lane. I'm your host, Mark Sterry. Check me out at MarkSterryMusic.com, and thank you for supporting live and local music. Hey, this is Michael Ferrier from Fathom Lane, and you know what? You're listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How are you surviving? Can you give me the word? Do you keep on striving? Do you keep on rising? How are you surviving? Behind cinders and glass Baby, you surviving Honey, you surviving Hey, you gotta put your time in So they say, so they say Hey, you gotta drop a diamond So they say so they say, but how are you surviving? Tell me all the ways. Do you keep advising that we keep on rising? How are you surviving without chasing the sun? But it keeps on rising. How are you surviving? Hey, you gotta put your time in. So they say, so they say Hey, you got a drop of diamond So they say, so they say So they say, so they say
That was Fathom Lane with the song Surviving from their new album In the Driftless. Interviews coming soon. Next up is Sophia Spiegel from Dilly Dally Alley talking about their new album, Make You Whole. Afterwards, check out the new single, Give Yourself Up to Yourself. Sophia Spiegel from Dilly Dally Alley. How's it going? Welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. I feel I feel I feel dizzy um, about you know my album release. So I think it's it's an apt uh, apt uh, name change. Dizzy Dilly Alley. Where did you get that? Where did you get that that name? It was written on the wall of the first place we rehearsed at. So we were play, uh, we rehearsed at a place called Urban Sounds, um, which I don't know if you know about it, but it's just some dude who just decided to like shell out a bunch of like all random warehouses in Northeast Minneapolis and turn them into free practice spaces. Um, but like primarily like metal bands with like layers of writing on the wall and who knows what else. And um, one day we were just looking for a band name. Max looked at his right, pointed at something at the wall and we we're like, cool, that's what it is. <laughs> Did you ever um, do some investigating to see who wrote it? We have not, but it honestly haunts me every day. Like it really does. Um, I, you know, I think at some point um, it would be really, really interesting to find out like where in the world that exists. It doesn't exist on the internet. Um, so I, you know, I think it was an old set list, you know, belonging to some random metal band, probably <laughs> long, long ago. It'd be fun. Like, not a true crime, but kind of like a serial podcast of like the steps to try to figure out where that band name came from. I, it would. Yeah. Right. 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 Oh my God. It could be a true crime podcast, but like just so wholesome. And like, yes. we're just trying to find like our, our name muse. <laughs> Outstanding. Where do you guys rehearse now? We rehearse at jazz central primarily. It's a lovely free space. Um, who it's run by Mac. I actually don't know his last name, but it's, um, if you have a good pitch and you're vaguely jazz related, um, he gives you the code. It's really nice. It's, um, basement of like a, a building in Northeast. That's Indiana. like words I've never heard on the podcast yet is free rehearsal space. I've never even heard that yet. I know. I know. It really does feel unheard of. And I mean, he has events, um, every like, you know, Friday, Saturday, it's booked up. I mean, that's the, the beauty and the curse of a free rehearsal space is that it is used by a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's something where like, um, it also is, it's like a, it's, it's been like a really good home for a lot of the members of my band, at least not necessarily for me. Like a lot of my band members are very proper jazz cats and grew up at Jazz Central, playing at Jazz Central. There are pictures of my bandmates just around Jazz Central, like when they were 12 years old. Um, <laughs> so it's a good home for us. It feels like, you know, a good spot to hang. That's very cool. I was curious how you, so you're the primary songwriter. So when you mm -hmm. present songs to your band and it ends up being these intricate, cool songs, to me, it's kind of Joni Mitchell-ish. I love Joni Mitchell. It's kind of Aww. like that. I thought, but like, but uh, you know, like jazzy yeah. and kind of cool. How do you go about? Do you like record acoustic songs and send it to them, or do you sit there with the guitar and play it for them and they kind of interpret? How do you how do you start from uh, like 
the term fool on a stool, playing and playing to presenting it to your band? It really does. It is. We, we really give the full realization of the fool on the stool definition for sure. <laughs> um, I, when I started out, um, I was saying this before, like, I felt like I, I had almost like, um, I like looking back now, I'm like, I can't believe that I decided it was a good idea to share it, songs like this with my bandmates, but I didn't have charts. I would just like play. And, um, my, the, the three other musicians in my band at the time were just really good enough cats that like, I think they, they could figure out how to fill and, and put infuse grooves into it that like made it both their own and yet still like very much preserved the, the chord structures and the ideas I had. Um, and I mean, I think just layers of time, like, I, I mean, I'm thinking of give yourself up to yourself was like one of the first songs that I introduced to my bandmates. And, um, it started out with the, you know, the groove that do 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 Um, and I think like, you know, that felt a little aimless. So then I was like, okay, well then what if we come up with a little melody? Um, so I think it was really incremental. So it was kind of just figuring out like, what voids do we fill in this spot? What do we do here? Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, the album, I, I think has an organic edge to that, which I, I hope comes through where it does like the band members involved in that, um, were really, really good at like knowing when to kind of infuse their own ideas and then step back and then infuse. So I don't know. I think it's, it was just a big old mix of both. Now I bring charts. I, I have to, it's big enough of a band now where like, I can't just show up with my guitar and be like, okay, we'll figure it out guys. <laughs> um, nice. So, Speaking of yeah. give yourself up to yourself, where did you shoot the music video for that? That was recorded at Signature Tone Recording in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That was shot by Adam Tucker, who co-produced the album and was deeply influential creatively to the the, the full minting of this album. Um, he was the recording engineer as well. Um, so when, yeah, like, when it, you record, like recording a video, were you lip syncing or singing along or how did you put that all together? That was live, baby. Everything that you heard in the, the music is, is a live recording. So every time we did takes, you know, of course, it's not just a first take. Every single shot is not the first take, right? But um, for that one, and we have another music video coming out that's of a similar kind of format of See How She Moves, where oh. um, we do another take. He'd be like, okay, I'm coming with the camera. You want to do give your, you know, so it, it was, it was very much like a labor of love, uh, on Adam's part, which we really appreciate. He did a great job. Cool. I was going to ask you about the song, see how she moves. Also give yourself up to yourself. What's the story behind, let's start with give yourself up. What's the story behind that song? Yeah, sure. That was, um, one of the first tunes I wrote on the record. Um, it came from a really lovely conversation I had with a, a dear friend, Justin Halverson and I, we were just kind of sitting on the shores of Bidet Makaska in, um, Minneapolis and had, um, at the time, like just had like a really lovely and just vulnerable conversation about like, 
um, it started with like a past experience where we were both in like kind of a, in a storm at the same time in the boundary waters, but it really expanded to like, at the time we were both also in just like kind of stuck places in our lives. And, um, I think the big credo of give yourself is like, um, when you're going through something hard, it's not necessarily the hard thing that's hard. Sometimes it's like the shame and the ick that you feel like towards yourself about it. Um, and so the, the credo, like give yourself up to yourself. Like when you're, when you leave room for every aching part of yourself, good and bad, um, that's when like the, the wisdom and the strength that can, can really come from difficult moments like that. Um, and yeah, so we wrote the, the first verse in the chorus, um, to that. And then, I don't know, I, I like upped the tempo quite a bit. Um, at the time it was just kind of like a, like a slow groove. And I, yeah, I think, um, that was kind of where like the first inklings of like, okay, what do I want this album to potentially sound like? Um, and it, I think, really started the ball rolling of wanting to to kind of get the the upbeat shuffle and the kind of like the infectious feeling grooves that we try to hit home with the album. Um, cool. Yeah. How about see how she moves? What story behind that? Yeah. One? Yeah. I wrote that one. Um, it was truly out of like it was a a girl I had a crush on in college and who was a dear friend. And it was like kind of when I was just coming out as queer. And, um, so it's also, it's like, like 50%, like, like, you know, just like really, um, respecting and, um, having like deep admiration for this person. And then at the same time being like, Oh gosh, like, who am I? Am I gay? Like, what does this mean? Um, so it's kind of the double edged, like, um, there's like, uh, one of the lyrics is like, I am disarmed. Oh, so charmed, almost harmed by the ecstasy of her flight. So just kind of this feeling of like, um, kind of the same feeling. Like, why do I feel shame about feeling so like enraptured by this person? Um, and yeah, it also, you know, the, um, you know, the lick the, that like kind of floats around like a meme, like, you know, that, the, the like everybody kind of loves to hate and it's everywhere in pop um that kind of the same day i wrote like the bones of the tune i just like had been trolling around instagram or something and saw like a lot of like the lick memes and almost like i'm ashamed to say it, but i like i i wanted to like create a funny song that was like very based on the lick so like cool. you know the is very like kind of just almost making a joke out of it a little bit um that maybe nobody gets but it's more for me i guess i don't know cool, cool. i hear that that's outstanding that's cool i think the cover album for i don't know if you mentioned the name of the album is make yourself whole and uh what so the who did the cover art that's kind of cool yeah, Devin Cooney is an amazing visual artist and has a lovely portfolio of work. Um, I got connected with them through college. They went to St. Olaf with me. Um, and they they made this piece that's that exists on the web that you need to check out. It's called Night Music. And um, when I had reached out to them about... Um, 
potentially doing the visuals for this album. That was just one of the works that really stuck out to me. Um, and Devin is also just such a good, not only a good artist, but just has such a thoughtful heart um, with their art. So like when we sat down and I was significantly less thought out about like, what is this album about? You know, it's just like the first time I'm talking about something like this. I just remember going on this like, just ridiculous, like incoherent tangents. Like it's about this and it's about this and it's about, and you know, any kind, polite person even would probably have, you know, balked at the, like the idea of trying to reduce what I was saying <laughs> to art, but they did such a good job. Oh my gosh. And I just remember like seeing it and like, wow, like it, it really just felt like an encapsulation of everything we had talked about. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Where are you from? And how did you get started in music in the first place? Yeah, I'm from the Chicago suburbs. Um, and I grew up uh, playing music and Like singing what suburb? I had a buddy from Batavia. What? I grew up in Geneva, which is the town up. And we were high school rivals. Really? The Batavia Bulldogs were like no-go for us. Um <laughs> But I, yeah, that's very funny. Yeah. It's like about outside. His nickname Chicago. throughout college was Fib for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> was he on the football team? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, but, uh, so how, how'd you get going doing music then? Um, yeah. So, I mean, my mom is who I would owe to that. She, she was like my musical DNA growing up. And like when I, um, when my sisters and I would kind of like have little spats or spurts or like, you know, tantrums about like, oh, my sister got the thing and I didn't, you get to sit in the front and I, you know, whatever. Um, like our, like a, my mom was just really good at like regulating us through music, you know, like she would have us sing the sad song. And like when we woke up in the morning, she would just have us sing the wake up song or, you know, stuff like that. And, she herself is a professional vocalist and I think like was just um, she like just made music home for us. And so like coming home to my sisters and my mom is very much like marked by like singing together. Um, I grew up with cello, like cello was my primary instrument. Um, I started cello when I was five and um, was raised pretty classically from that resented it for a while, you know, hated practicing for a bit and, um, then, you know, grew to love it and really, really got serious about it and like wanted to go the classical route for a really long time before kind of realizing it wasn't for me. Um, but guitar was really like the place where I like had come back home to musically. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, like kind of marked like my adolescent, um, growth a little bit. Like I, I kind of picked it up when I was 10 and like when I was, whenever I was feeling like, you know, like, like a young adolescent usually feels about something, you know, the, the world's just, you know, all, all disorienting and, and big. Um, it was, it was just like a really nice way to, you know, come home to myself. And that's kind of when I started writing and covering folks and people who was your singer songwriter heroes at that time <laughs> i'm ashamed, i'm so ashamed of it but <laughs> um 
Well, honestly, like Coldplay was like one of my favorite artists at the time. Um, and the early Coldplay stuff, like stuff from their like Shiver EP and the Yellow and up to like Rush of Blood was really like just the, the stuff I was chewing on. Um, you know, I, I loved like Bruce Springsteen. I love the Indigo Girls. But I mean, I also was just so, like I was such a classical head too. Like, um, like the way... Like, I, you know, I would listen to, like, uh, I don't know, a, a lot of just, like, Brahms and Beethoven and Bach um, were, were just, like, the things I chewed on growing up. And then in the same breath, like, you know, Bruce and Coldplay. And, like, I, I was also, like, I was a big EDM head. I was a Chicago suburbs kid, too. So I loved Zed. I loved Diplo. I lo- You know, like, I've, I was somebody who, you know, was just thirsting for, like, you know, the groups that got into your bones and like made you feel whole again. And, and now it's, it, that's expanded quite a bit. Like, um, I, I got started like just in getting interested in kind of like the new jazz world, I think in college more like getting, um, I don't know, like Jacob Collier was a really big entry point for me into that world. Leon LaHavis is like, ah. Uh, she she hits a chord that no other artist can for me. Um, yeah, other a bunch of other random artists here and there, but yeah. So these podcasts, I record them way in advance. But like this summer, what's some shows you have coming up promoting the new record? Yeah, so we have our album release show at the Turf Club on the seventeenth of May in five days on Wednesday. Um, we'll have. A show at White Squirrel, May 27th, with Taylor James Donsky. That will be a reduced version of us. It'll be Ben and I. Um, and that will be an opportunity for us to show a lot more of, like, the cello loop pedal stuff. Um, that is just kind of still up, up in the air. Um, and then we'll have a 331 residency in June, every Tuesday night, at 9.30, we'll be playing um, with a bunch of lovely fans. Um, we'll be playing with Amateur Hour the first week, Robot Slide the second week, Willow Waters the third week, and then Hema the fourth week. Um, and then we'll be going down to Chicago for two dates, um, July 1st and 2nd. Well, we're going to be playing at Martyrs on the 1st with Corn on My Dinner Plate, and then um, the Beat Kitchen on the second with um, uh, Moonglow and Swatches. Yeah. How do you keep track of all that? <laughs> oh, I well, it's just on my mind all the time. I'm, you know, just kind of on the cusp of like, oh, we have Swatches. Now we have this band. We have, you know, that's it's. Turf it's Club, fear. that's, that's going to be fear. awesome. I just saw the band Satan at Turf Club. Satan? Yeah. Satan. <laughs> what was that like? They're a bunch of seventy-year-old guys. Oh, <laughs> kind of like that a hippie, but they it was really fun. The turf club is really fun. Yeah, yeah, we're excited about it. It's yeah. gonna be a good. Start. So, what's your guys' like website if people want to get a hold of you or check out this stuff? Check out the new record. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can. I mean, obviously, find us on Instagram, Dilly Dally Alley Band. It's probably the most normy way to find us. Um, we're also on dillydallyalleyband.com. That is our official website. 
Um, we love Bandcamp. We are on Bandcamp. Just type in dillydallyalley.bandcamp.com. Um, you can listen to our full record there now. You can purchase our record. You can purchase our CD. Soon you can purchase beanies. Um, yeah, I mean, we are, uh, yeah, we're on like, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on all the, the major guys. Yeah.
to thank the two sponsors of this week's podcast, Idy Chrysler Zombroda and the B-Dale Club. I do love my brand new Cherokee X I got from ID Chrysler Zombroda. It's been a summer full of fun and adventures. Looking forward to tomorrow to road tripping up with my nephew to Two Harbors, Minnesota to do a little golfing. ID Chrysler Zombroda, their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out the inventory at ZombrodaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombroda, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out Ivy Chrysler Zombrota today and enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out on an open road in a new ride. Also, the BDL Club, the BDC 2100. One of my favorite bars in Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota. They're located in the corner of County Road B and Dale. Their motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is the stone cold truth. I've been gone almost all summer, but finally got to rock out last Thursday with John Sonius. And it was a ton of fun. Got to see Macklemore Corey, our buddy Jeffrey, his crew, even John Funborg. Podcast listeners will remember that name. Even made an appearance. Natalie, Shelley, Dustin, entire bar staff from State of their Cocktail Wizards. As of late, my libation of choice is the screw-up. Heavy on the seven. And they are, to quote, 16-time world champion Ric Flair, Tasted Little Devils. Live music, pool table, pull tabs. Tuesday night, chess society, bingo, meat raffle. Bocce ball Thursdays and much, much more. BDL's got it all. Stop by for a cold one. Today, man. Next up, I speak with Scott Zosel about his new album, Saturday's Child. Afterwards, here's new single, Brewster's Red Hotel. Scott Zosel, welcome back to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today there, Scott? Right. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Uh, we're having glad to, a little... be, glad to glad, glad to be back. Yes, to be for full disclosure, uh, I interviewed Scott last week, and we had this great podcast about his new album, Saturday's Child. And this, so this is kind of a unique situation. I've had this podcast for going on eight years. I started this in 2015. It was weekly. Now it's it's now called the Minnesota Music Shakedown. Now it's bi-weekly or twice a month. And I've never botched a recording. And we got finished the interview. I saw it recording. I'm watching it recording now. I'm just going to, before he leaves, I'm going to make sure. And the recording disappeared. And I have no idea what happened. So we're before I get leave them this time, we're gonna make sure we got it. Maybe the album was that good and it kind of cursed my machine. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so we're Scott and I are gonna review what we talked about last week. I guess you didn't. You didn't get anything. No, I watched it. I'm watching it recording right now, and then I thought I had it, and then it was just gone. I've done should podcasts. We stop, should we stop and check it? No, I'm just kidding. No, because I've had I've done interviews since. I record them way in advance. Like I, I record a big pile of them and I re release them throughout the months and whatever. And it kind of gives more of an eye on what people are like. Kind of more of extends the songs releases and album releases and so it's kind of keeps people interested for longer, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know what happened. I think it was a one off. But before. Uh, I learned something though. So the rest of my interviews is that I will check to make sure that damn audio is money before I stop. So thanks for that, okay. Scott. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's no problem because you know I I, lo I love to talk about 
myself. <laughs> I love to talk about my music. Um, so no problem. You know, like, uh, um, if we just you pick up where we left off or start over, it makes no difference to me. We're just You're going to edit splatter. this anyway. Yeah, I'll yeah. edit some anyway. I'm just going to do a splattering of things. I do. I kind of like doing my interview style, kind of gorilla. Gorilla, you know. I don't really go right down to like exact questions, like what's your favorite color or whatever. You know, I just kind of right, go. With, right. I'm more of a conversationalist, you know, where it's like. Here's our subject. Here's the music we're talking about. You know, I did some research on this guy or whatever, and then just kind of talk mm-hmm. about some things. What I usually usually do, kind of try to have more fun with it, if anything. So, has anything happened cool. since last time I talked to you? <laughs> well, we had the record release show last Saturday night. Okay, let's start um, with that. How did that go? Well, it wasn't. I think the Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it wasn't as well attended as we'd liked, you know. Uh, I, the thing is, like, I've played the Astros Cafe a couple of other times and never played to an empty seat there, you know. And, uh, and not that, that I draw huge people myself, but, like, the place fills up, you know. And it's always, it's, so it's always fun because you've you got, like, new people there and stuff like that, so it's always fun, but... Didn't really, and I, so I wasn't really that concerned about drawing here, you know, and I probably should have been, but like I promoted this like crazy, you know, and, uh, uh, but I did have, you know, 25, 30 friends there and stuff like that. But like, it seemed like all the other outsiders that I would have gotten were, were sitting outside in the beautiful fresh air. The patio was jam packed. <laughs> yeah. And, and Memorial Day weekend, there were probably there were a lot of uh, a lot of fans and friends and stuff that uh, you know I that I expected to see that didn't show and stuff like that. But but the show itself was fun, and uh, it, it's always fun to play with Greg Schuette, Dan Schwartz, and Nick Salisbury, who are three of the best guys in town, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, but the other thing that's always interesting playing the Astor Cafe with a full band is that I never can quite grasp how small that stage is. And I'm, and I'm situated right in front of the drum set. Literally, I, if I sit down, I'm sitting on the bass drum. That's how close I am. Ah. And, 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 uh, it took them a few songs to get it, to get it so that, like I, to get used to like being that close to the bass drum. I mean, I've played with these guys a handful of times, and you know, if I have five feet from the drum, it, it's fine. There's a big difference between five feet and five inches, you know. And that, that loud sound is like it just took me a while to kind of get used to it because I don't play full band shows that often, and and so it's it's and it's always really fun, but uh, uh, it just you know, kind of getting used to that, being able to kind of hear myself and, and get the sound adjusted and stuff like that. Took a couple of songs, but like, but it was really fun. And, uh, you know, Kelly Jordahl, who sings with me a lot, uh, that was really fun. And, uh, but uh, that's the show. <laughs> it was. Do you have any more coming up that, that people might, be more apt to go to besides the holiday weekend in the summer when it's been the longest winter of well, all time? 
Absolutely. This this coming Friday, I'm at uh, uh, I'm at the Social Cider Works, and that's a great venue. They have a great stage, a bigger stage, a great PA, good sound engineer. They have great product there. It's a happy hour show, um, and uh, you know, pretty built in audience and stuff like that. And so, I always look forward to playing there. And I will have a. Uh, a little bit different combo. I have I'll have uh, Amy Finch singing and playing keyboards. I'll have Dan Schwartz, luckily, and then I've got a uh, a new drummer, a guy named Greg Traxler, who is you know uh, lots of experience, very very good drummer. We won't have a bass because the we we we, we couldn't get a bass player for that one, but Amy can you know fill in the bottom end on the keyboard, no problem, and it it doesn't. You know, but that will be fun. Amy's a great singer. We sing, we have really good chemistry with her. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that show. Yeah, if no bass worked for the doors, it should work for you guys that show sociable cider works, I hope. What's that? <laughs> if the if it worked for the doors, not having a bass player and just using the keyboard, it, hopefully it works for you guys that sociable cider works. Yeah, you know, it, it'll, it'll, it's fine. We've, we've actually done a combo like that a few times there. It's, it's, it's good. That's a great place. They, they have, they're, they're really dedicated to music there. It's awesome. Yeah, I've played there before myself. So tell us, how are people responding to your new album, Saturday's Child? <clears throat> well, we've been getting it out there with Krista Valenkis, uh to some of the, you know, the ancillary kind of music publications that are out there getting some reviews and stuff on it. But it's really kind of just getting started right now. We've only really kind of wrapped this up in the last few weeks. And are, it's it's a lot of work keeping up with all the content requests. You know, even though she has everything, I'm still, like, answering questions. The other thing that's been a lot of work with that is, uh, a lot of interviews are conducted through email now. So I'm like writing out, you know, they're done like we're doing. We're just talking about it. They're, I'm like, uh, you know, like typing out answers to questions and then they're published that way. Are you serious? I had no idea they were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of good because you can really get your answer, you know, uh, articulated very I, I did one with mostly Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I don't know if are you familiar with them. They, they did, I did theirs that way. I, I hope that I can talk to uh, them in person. I, your name escapes me right now. Uh, uh, Heather and uh, forgot their names, but anyway, uh, they do a nice job in promoting music and, uh, kind of like what they do that you see a lot of posts from them on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. What's your goal for this record? Do you think? I think my goal for this record is to kind of continue to try to build local recognition as best I can. You know, I, I, uh, I feel like I put a pretty credible product out there, you know, uh, playing, I play a lot of shows with a lot of different people in a lot of different configurations, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm just really hoping to kind of get some recognition for uh, the 
the depth and breadth of the material I put out there. Uh, that's kind of my goal uh, to get some recognition. I mean, I, I, I'm, I would love to play some places like the Hook and Ladder, Cedar Cultural, you know, stuff like that. Um, uh, it's, I, it's always a musician goal. I'm not sure if it's yours, Mark, but the goal I think is always to play for an audience who will listen, you know, and sometimes as an entertainer, it isn't always the case. You know, you pick your spots, you know, summer's a great time to play because you can play outdoor venues and you have, you, you really stand a good chance of being able to have a conversation with an audience, you know, when you're in a loud brewery in the wintertime, you, the audience and the musician don't really stand much of a chance to, to get acquainted. Uh, you know what I mean? You know what I mean by that? Oh like, yeah, I it's do. So I, loud. I also like being a full-time musician for almost 20 years here now. Um, I kind of like, I don't mind if people don't listen. Like I kind of like if I go to a concert, I like to be partying with my friends and having fun, and I don't hear every single word they say. And I, I also have. I went from I wish they would listen to everything to actually like I love just rocking out with the audience and putting out a great vibe for them to have a good time and stick around and listen and BS with them afterwards. That's kind of what I do. But um, yeah, everybody's I, I, different. I think. I, no, I think we're on the same page on that. I just we just we just uh, language a little bit differently. I, I, you know, like I, I'm kind of like you too, but like at times when I don't know there's a connection, you know, like and I, and I do know what you mean, like just being that entertainer, you know. Uh, but uh, sometimes the longer you play without like with like that without a real connection to the audience, it just feels like work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just feels like work, you know, like I'm just, I'm putting in my time up here. I'm grinding away, you know, like I'm banging and screaming, you know, like, and you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. Like, uh, my old friend, Tim Brown used to say, I asked him how his shows are going and he goes, some good, some bad and a whole lot of in between. <laughs> it's a truest thing. That is the that is the way that's the way it rolls. Yes. So maybe give us a sum up of your new record, Saturday's Child. Uh, you talked last time about how you came up with the title of the album. It's what you're blocked off your time and use your Saturdays, and maybe talk about a couple songs if you don't mind. Sure. Um, yeah, the whole theme of Saturday's Child, I guess, is you know. Uh, I'm not a full-time musician. Uh, I, I still work full-time. So the days I can really devote energy and focus and intention toward writing is are Saturdays. And, and the, those are the days when I can really take, you know, ideas that I've, you know, scratched out on my phone or on a piece of paper and stuff like that and really flush them out. Those are those are my days where I can really you know like be a child and and really uh, do the important work that where I need I need a lot of freedom uh, you know to to do that work where I can like 
sit and wait for inspiration to come. I don't have to be on a schedule, you know. So that's kind of what that's about. How about the song Brewster's Red Hotel? Mind telling us that story again? It, yeah. Uh, Brewster's Red Hotel, I... Uh, I will a couple times, maybe two or three times a year, I will drive down to Lanesboro, Minnesota, where I have uh, I have some family down there, some in-laws, and they'll put me up in uh, uh, a B&B or whatever they can find for me. And then I can just, you know, I can sit with my guitar, uh, pad of paper, computer, whatever, and just, and just really start flushing songs out or, or just do kind of just do whatever I want, which is, which is to me, that's the artist's dream just to have the space to be away from town, to be away from work and to be away from anybody, anybody bothering me where I can just sit and just focus and, 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 and daydream and imagine and just pick the guitar up whenever I want to and just do whatever I want. It's a really productive environment for writing. And, uh, I had I had heard that from people, and I thought, well, I'm going to try that, and so I did that. So I go down there and do that. Brewster's Red Hotel. Uh, the, the the so I I was down in Lanesboro, and Brewster's Red Hotel came up. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, any musicians out there or people who use their uh, voice recorder uh, before or like after you've done a voice recording, it 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 won't put your title up there. It basically puts up the name of, or some connection with, uh, with a Wi-Fi network. <laughs> and I was just plunking around on my guitar, recording some snippets of things. And, and the words Brewster's red hotel came up on the voice recorder and for, and just kind of out of nowhere, uh, I just started kind of singing Brewster's red hotel, uh, and playing this kind of, bluesy rootsy kind of chord progression and and the song just fell together just almost instantly and then it, be, it kind of became a song about the town about a kind of fictitious relationship between people that could be considered the relationship with the town and whatever and but it, it's it's a fun song and i think i felt like it really kind of reflected the town the river the all of all the uh attributes of the town uh return to me uh was a song uh one of those songs that uh that started a few years ago and then kind of got shelved because i couldn't come up with a second verse and uh but it was one of those ones i thought oh it has such a good groove and everything i really should kind of finish this and so I kind of decided, you know, like, you know, I'm, just, I'm not going to try to make this thing into anything more than what it is. And it's really just kind of a groove song, you know. Um, you're looking for some some words that are going to kind of ride along and, you know, and kind of stroke the groove along. And, you know, and, and that's kind of what happened with it. It's There's really nothing real special about the narrative to that song. But, but the... But the groove is. The groove is fun and uh, uh, is one of those ones that where I said, you know, I got, you know, we're trying to look for a couple more when we when we got into the studio and kind of went through everything. I said, hey, I got this last one here. Let me keep on working on it. So that kind of like 
the first take of that was kind of me singing the the singing one verse and then singing it over again, basically coming up with kept basically coming up with a an arrangement that worked. And and then me going back later and basically kind of filling in the second verse and and a bridge. I said we'll do the bridge. We just kind of mouthed our way through the bridge, and then I came back later and then filled in a bridge that seemed to make more sense. So that's kind of how I mean that's that was the beauty of the live recording of that record that I was I had the the freedom and the flexibility to do that and to be able to work with Nick and Dan and Greg and have them be, you know, supportive of that and, and, and coming up with good ideas, you know, uh, and just a, a really good supportive uh, environment for that. You know, we had like two full day sessions and those things kind of came together. So the, um, it was, uh, you know, and, I think a lot of it, they're just really fun, smart guys, you know, and really connected artistically to stuff. And, and, and that makes a big difference. And, um, and, and anyone who would hire them would probably get that, you know, I mean, I don't know that with anything, I, anything special about me with them, but like, uh, I just feel like those are the kind of guys who are just open. They work with a lot of different people. And so, uh, and I, I feel like the, the, the relationships I do know that they have are all like that because they're just, you know, really good, really connecting type people, you know. Cool, um, man. House of Cards, okay. House of Cards is one of those songs where um, <clears throat> I have a really good friend. It was actually, it was actually a, a guy I met. 12 years ago who kind of inspired me to write songs really good friend of mine his name is john dominguez he has a record on in the streamosphere somewhere it's called john dominguez i think his his record is called dogs and men he's a great songwriter um he hasn't pursued the writing and recording much in the last few years but he's a guy i will go over and with and jam with and uh, I'll always I'll, sh- I'll show him a song or something, and he's always got to kind of try to rewrite it for me. And um, but anyway, that's not what happened with this one. It was it was a chord progression he was playing that, uh, and that's it's a kind of a chord progression uh, E to a, a B seven to an A minor type of thing. And but, but the way he was playing it, he was saying, "Oh, this is a southwest, uh, South American uh, chord progression. It's, it's used." And, and when he played it, it's like, "Oh, yeah, it is." But the way he played this A seven chord at the end of it was different than anything I'd ever seen. But it was just that little tiny thing that that made me loop that through, and then I took it back, took it home, and extended it into something. And then I said, I love the way this is. What words do I have that will go with this? So I looked in some of my, through some of my books of poems and lyrical ideas and slapped that theme on, the House of Cards theme, because I thought that was strong. Uh, That's uh, that's a very strong metaphor. I thought I can make that work. 
it came right together. It was like, like within an hour I had it, you know, I thought this is works perfectly. I got that extending the long melody line, the, and, uh, it, it just really, really seemed to, to work. And basically by taking the, what, what was deemed a, uh, kind of a South American motif and turned it into more of a John Lennon or, a or uh, Jeff Tweedy or, or uh, something a little more of a pop rock kind of a thing seemed to really work.
bringing home this week's episode of the Minnesota Music Shakedown is another new song by one of the featured guests this week, Dilly Dally Alley, with a song called You're Not The One. Big thanks to Andrew Crowley from Organica Recording for assisting in post-production. This has been the Minnesota Music Shakedown. If you'd like to toss a buck or two into the podcast tip jar, please go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Stary Music. If you like what I do, check out my website, markstarymusic.com for artist or song submissions. Please email me at markstarymusic at gmail.com or message me on social media. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time.
picture, share my soul and sun You'll be the last one for a while